Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 126. I am Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Bomber Andy. Hi. And Tony Katz. Yes. And uh, this is the Sports Podcast. Make sure you uh, hit that subscribe button and share with a friend, and check out our entertainment pod after this. You're going to want to listen to that one. But uh, seeing as this is sports, we should talk some sports, and if you follow our Twitter is Tony's take. No, 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 I'm sorry. It's take Tony's, I believe. But either one should work on there, honestly. You will have seen that uh, Andy over here tweeted a couple days ago about the Clippers and their potential new arena. Take it away, Andy. Yeah, let's not say potential. It's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. You see you see Steve Ballmer on there. He's he's going to make it happen. He made the Zune happen, okay? So you got to just uh, take his word. I bought this... that over the iPod first. Yeah, so he uh, has bought some land in Inglewood, I think, like a, over a couple of years ago now. He's been uh, trying to develop, and they uh, released their plans for the new project, hoping to open by the 2024 season. Yeah, isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, is this arena shaped like Kawhi's head? I don't know. I think uh, they had to have these plans before they knew Kawhi was coming. I know, but a quick, quick trip to Adobe or something, right? I don't know if that's how it works. It's a giant homage to him. Uh, the real question is: Will Kawhi and Paul George ever play, play in that un- exactly. in that arena? Well, I'll tell you what: the if they shape this thing like his head, he'll be there. I mean, who knows? Maybe they don't even want him there. Maybe they just dump him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So got bigger plans. I'm sure you, you know whatever this is is going to be you know state of the art everything, but like more importantly, it's a home for the Clippers right now. They have a practice facility in Marina del Rey, and they have business offices in like the main city they're just kind of scattered about and this will be like clippers central where they'll work out of and it's they won't have to you know see the statue of chick hearn which hey there's nothing wrong with that yeah there's nothing wrong with that but they won't have to be driving on chick hearn court and all this stuff and nothing wrong with that either yeah what do you gotta give (laughs) there's constant reminders of the lakers you think it'll be instead in their own arena it'll be ralph lawler Uh, it will 100 percent be ralph i don't know if ralph ralph lawler lane Probably yeah. that makes sense. Well, the, Lawler's Lane. But so what he, if uh, Lawler's yeah. Law Lane? <laughs> <laughs> what if he? But don't you think there would they not maybe give Lawler a nice statue soon at the, where they're at now, Staples Center? If they're gonna build this, they're not gonna put any statues on there. But I think they should have like a statue of like Blake Griffin signing the contract that they then traded. <laughs> yeah, be a weird be a good statue. One. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot they can do, but. But they really want their own their own building because they deserve well, it now. Well, I, yeah, I would say, if you, like time. ten years ago, I don't think they did deserve their own. I think they were grateful enough to be. In yeah, they were lucky to play in the Staples Center. Well, I think uh, you know Staples Center made money off of it, so it yeah. works. Well, I'd hope so. Well, but, there's a lot of people playing there. They make money off the Sparks too. Believe yeah, it or not. as much as people like to think it's the Lakers arena, it's really the Kings arena. Yeah. If anything, fuck that. So and you know, there's Oscar De La Hoya out there. There's just a lot of weird things. So. They want to do their own thing. It's going to be weird though that you know Bombers think Microsoft Theater is right across the street, so like Bomber They're already has a little too. bit of yeah. He might might ask them to do that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but it, it's it's exciting that the Clippers are they're really like they're maturing as a franchise. They're just it's getting nice. doing it's like, yeah, all the right, right things. It's like their Lakers are sending them off to college. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's very nice. You know, I saw an ad today like get your uh, packages now, and you can do like two games. And it's uh, you know 
Warriors, which I think is funny that it's still the Warriors. Warriors, Bucks, uh, Warriors, Celtics, or some shit, Rockets. But yeah. with the Clippers, it's kind of cool. Never would see that before. Yeah. yeah. And back to the Lakers sending him off to college. It is fitting because it does seem like the Lakers are kind of in a midlife crisis where it's like, oh, is do they need to you know go see the doctor? Are they having some uh, mental issues? You know, they just bought the brand new sports car that maybe is a little old or not so it's they bought a used one a really hot car but like you're calling lebron yeah. james a hot car <laughs> that's what i'm getting at a oh. used hot car Andy? yeah like you know it <laughs> you know the guys who buy like a 99 ferrari what would you call like yeah what's I'll anthony, I'll, davis? I'll yeah, what would you call anthony davis like just still a Porsche? nice like mercedes or yeah, something like a high-end mercedes yeah oh and then obviously the alex caruso is like a prius yeah yeah quietly hey, good la loves a prius <laughs> It works. <laughs> Doesn't say too much. Yeah. <laughs> Hustles, gets the job done. Well, that's Andy's line of the night, though, that uh, LeBron James is a hot car. Hot used car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a perfect analogy. Like I said, the guy who buys the 99 Ferrari and is like, yeah, I'll make it work. I'll maintain it. And then, you know, you never know. Yeah. Do they do they have what it takes? I have my uh, one of my friends, his neighbor has like an old Ferrari. Like, I want to say like, Either early 2000s or, like, late 90s. Brad. Hey, those are becoming ridiculously valuable. Any old classic yeah. cars. You never know. I mean, they're already a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your face, Andy. Um, while we're on NBA, obviously, 2K20 is going to have the biggest year in probably 10 years. What? Everyone's going to want to buy this new one. All because those trades. Of the new players? Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. I want to buy this one big time. September 6th. Now, I think you've told me this before. There is a legend edition, so that I assume that it includes all the old teams. They really charge you 100 bucks for that? You'd have to really do your research. Sometimes those extra editions just come with more of the coins, stuff like that. I don't that. want any fucking coins. I know coins. you don't want coins, but they want people to buy coins. What the fuck is a coin? What are these coins? It's so you make your players better in the like the single-player mode. No one plays that. Actually, like, I, I would play say, it. yeah, a lot of yeah. people do, actually. I did as a kid. I, I don't yeah. think we've done that here. No, I think actually a lot of people... full storylines. Yeah, though. a lot of people do, because they do have the full storylines, but also it's like you can play other people online. Like, you can go to, like... You'd actually probably enjoy this part, yeah, Dobby. Yeah, I'd probably get my ass whooped. You can go to... You could have your player go to, like, a 24-hour fitness type thing. Really? play pickup games. Yeah, because Carter, when he had... When we were living together, he had NBA 2K, and he uh, he would do the story mode, and he had his guy go into, like gyms and stuff and you play pickup basketball with other guys and that's their players that are online so it'd be like oh wow yeah there's a whole thing to it but <laughs> the story mode actually believe it or not is actually like i think like very popular for it yeah a couple of years ago i made uh chris Kamen as the character i think i remember that Yeah, and he goes to college and he has like a roommate yeah i remember mm-hmm. watching that yeah see i don't know i don't play it enough now like i just want to play one of our buddies yeah in a pickup game yeah it's fun for us, it's I, fun like that. But if you did play it like on your own, if you actually had the downtime, for I it. I did as a kid, teenager, for yeah. sure. I remember I'd always make my guy though like seven foot six and yeah, <laughs> as tall as you can. And sometimes though, I'd redo it and make it as short as you can, Muggsy Bug style. Uh, but the regular one, sixty bucks. Legend is a hundred. I thought that was kind of crazy. But either way, I'm excited to play that one. Yeah, they're known for being greedy there. Yeah. With their charging people. Like, if you just want to buy those coins by itself, it's like a crazy amount. I don't want any of the coins. I know. I'm just saying people. Some people do. Yeah. So not just about you. We're, this podcast isn't for you to listen to. It's for everyone else. I listen to this. Okay. Uh, but is that going to wrap up our uh, 
Clipper Arena? I believe so. Are you going to get yourself some season tickets to this new one? No. That's it's hard to get there. It's a lot of money, you know. I would agree with that because it's like that would be the one thing that does make it unappetite like unappealing to get season tickets for like any of those arenas is just because yeah. it's the the part of getting there. It's like I enjoy just at home, but maybe a, a beer. A My work uh, has season tickets. At least they did in years past. I'm very curious to know if we're going to continue that because I'm sure they went up in price quite a bit. They're like ten rows off the floor. Yeah, that was a. Uh... That does seem like, uh, like I imagine. So I imagine the. I almost wonder how far behind the Clipper season ticket price will right? be from the Lakers. I mean, will it even? I mean, it probably will still be behind because it's still the Lakers. It's LeBron James, but yeah, it I, won't I, be too far behind though. I imagine. I think even even when the Clippers were good, let's say three four years ago, and Lakers were bad. Yeah, Lakers tickets were still more than because it's still also like a. It's a thing. It's an event to go to. You're gonna. Oh, what celebrities are there for the I Lakers? I don't think really where a ton of celebrities going. Oh, they're still going. They'll in. go on the Sunday games or you know the Easter. It games depends or whatever, who's in town. Christmas. Yeah, they're not gonna go see the Wizards or something. But yeah, but if yeah, if Gold State's in town or if yeah. um, whoever else is popular is in town, <laughs> that's it. No one, <laughs> other teams people like. Uh, all right, well, let's move things forward to uh, training camps. What say you, Andy? Yeah, so NFL training camp started. Uh, last week we talked about a couple holdouts. Uh, this week I want to talk about a couple of players who did arrive to camp in uh, some spectacular Fashion. ways. Yeah. So I think first we'll go with the uh, the lesser one. Yes, good call. Um, one of the most hated guys on the podcast, I think, Ant- Antonio Brown. He's kind of a, a villain around these parts. He showed up uh, in a hot air balloon to Raiders camp. What? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Raiders camp is anymore. I, you know, like a, hold on. I, I did like see a it. Foreign it. island that has like there's you know international waters or something. No hold on. No laws. Yeah, apparently no. Or maybe laws. like a buffalo. Maybe he was wild. drinking some white claws, Andy. There's no laws. Maybe that island that John Gruden would take those calls from on those Corona commercials. I mean, I don't know where where does John Gruden want to hold camp? Hold on, I'm gonna look really quick because I know I definitely saw like where he was like flying into or something because it didn't look like the city of oakland let's see he um well it doesn't really actually say oh it says like napa valley oh that makes sense that is a good air balloon place yeah so that's where his location was napa al napa alley napa valley aloft balloon rides that's so Sweet. He just came in. Did he have any wine with him or anything? I don't know if he did. I don't think he had. I'm not sure what he had. But there was a little sore to that because there was – he did get a tiny injury or something coming off of it, I heard. Coming off of the air balloon? Or something like that. He had like – he did get like a minor – He probably doesn't want to practice. He's so – he doesn't even care about football anymore. He cares about the spectacle. No, I know. And I remember we called – I called that. I really did. Back when he first was talking about wanting to get traded, I said, what's going to happen is he's getting too involved in the celebrity life. He's going to sell out, and it's he's not going to nearly be as good as he was before. And I'll say that the other uh, Steeler player that left, Le'Veon Bell, I'm actually going to go the opposite of that. I think Le'Veon Bell, is, you know, he wanted to hold out. He thought he deserved more money. Steelers weren't willing to give it to him. You know, he left in a decent way. He even said, like, I already know he – I'm pretty sure he did have, like, some sort of letter to, like, the Steeler fans or something like that or – he definitely said something about like you know thanking them 
So he definitely doesn't have any bad blood with the Steelers, like their fans at least, or anything like that, or their organization. It was just kind of like, hey, you know, I wanted more money, didn't want to give it to me. We both go our separate ways. But uh, he works hard, and it'll be interesting to see if he's productive. I mean, I don't think uh, we're too sold on the Jets being a very good team this year, but you never know. It'll be interesting to see if he can uh, be productive. I did see the Jets had the uh, biggest over-under increase. Like based on what they won last year, yeah, like they're at like seven and a half or something. And wasn't last year like wasn't it like four or something? They were like, very low last year. Yeah, but I mean, I think they won like four games last year, and now are seven and a half. I, I want to say we were. I feel like the Jets are the one we were talking about, where they were already almost at their win, like their over total, like only like seven or eight weeks into the season, because they hit a little bit above expectations early on. Like I remember that Monday night game last year when they opened up at the four o'clock Monday night game when Sam Darnold's first play of the game of his career was a pick six and then it kind of looked like oh no but then the jets ended up kicking detroit's ass that game yeah um i i still don't see them being very good and i don't know if Le'Veon bell is going to be like one of those things i just signed that contract i don't want to play like i got played in pittsburgh where i touched the ball so yeah so that's what someone said to him they asked him like about his workload and about like oh if you have to carry more or less and he what he said was something like, hey, I don't care if I have to carry the ball 35 times or seven times. As long as we win, I don't care. So, I mean, who knows, you know, when you think of seven times, what's the truth to that, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's I'm sure he does want playing time, but I think with Le'Veon Bell, he made it clear the biggest thing that he liked was getting paid. So, we'll see. Yeah, so the other player who uh, made a big entrance into his training camp was Jalen Ramsey, who – is a, a showman himself, and also like Antonio Brown, he does yeah. back it up on the field. He had a kind of a, a lesser season last year. After yeah, really, they were a pretty bad team. But um, I think he's you know still considered one of the most talented defensive backs out there. Uh, he came to training camp in a Brinks truck, which to me <laughs> like a loaded one or just I'm sure it wasn't. But you also never know it. I think it's very stupid because the last time we we heard the reference to the Brinks truck was Isaiah Thomas, and that uh, didn't work out for him. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, obviously, what he's saying is, or what he even said why he did it is that this is the you know next year they're going to have to bring in the give, Brinks truck, give him this me. truck, and yeah, that's what um, Isaiah Thomas said uh, when he's with the Celtics that that's what they'll have to because Isaiah Thomas was one of the most underpaid players at that time. You know, he was a you know, one of the probably five most important players. Isaiah Thomas, because he never did get that monster contract. Did no, he? he did not. That's a bummer. For so him. I did see an article about he did. He did sign with someone. I forgot what it was um, this year. I want to say like Washington or something. Yeah, I think it was the Wizards. Um, and they said, how many Brinks trucks has he made since that comment? And I was like, <laughs> he actually did get like three Brinks trucks worth of money in his last two years. Um, but yeah, he didn't get the, you know, 30 million plus a year he thought he was going to get at the time when he said that. So why why invite that comparison, Jalen? This yeah. guy, I think, it's just shown he's he's a uh, words before thoughts. Oh yeah, and it's and it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, no, it does, and I mean, it keeps the Jaguars relevant too. I mean, for so many years the Jaguars weren't relevant, and then they had that good season a couple years ago, and then last year was pretty bad again, and then this year I don't think their expectations are too high. I think probably like around uh, eight wins or so. In that thing Not- I, I said about the. Um, over-under is going higher, higher, like from last yeah. year's win total. They were also there, too. Because I think people think the the difference between Foles and, I was going to say Blaine Gabbert. What's that? Bortles. Bortles. Yeah. 
is uh you know pretty big and that defense is still super talented yeah and they did get a good draft pick getting that uh the guy from uh was it Kentucky? Oh, yeah, Kentucky. Jared jo- Allen, Josh also, Allen. Or Josh Allen. I mean, that's also his name. Yeah. It's Josh Allen. I thought that was good for him because I remember watching the draft and when he didn't go where he was predicted to go, I saw Jaguars sitting there at like six or seven or whatever it was. And I saw the teams ahead of him and knew what those teams need. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to end up on Jacksonville. And sure enough, he did. So that defense definitely uh, might have gotten a little better this offseason if he uh, goes to expectations. So yeah, we'll definitely I- see. They still have mostly everyone from that team two years ago. Yeah. Dockway and Calais Campbell. I mean, and Leonard Fournette's been good. And I think this is a big year for Leonard Fournette to just kind of come out and continue to prove he's a good player. And then we'll – their receivers, though, I don't really – Well, last year was when they lost – Yeah, they lost Marquise Lee right away. I I still don't think they have anything. Yeah, they have that D.D. Westbrook guy, don't they still, who's just kind of fast? And by kind of fast, I mean he's really fast. But I mean they had another like Keelan Cole was that other really fast guy they had. So they have some burners. But, and Foles can Foles can get it deep. We've yeah. seen it. Yeah, Foles is a uh, he's a, honestly the thing about Foles you have to say is he's a winner too. The guy just seems to yeah. The win University games. of Arizona big winner. Well, Arizona though don't be Arizona was good once upon a time though it wasn't like they're a horrible football program. Yeah, they've, they've had, had their winning seasons over the last you know ten fifteen years or so. But anyway. There's more talk about the Jaguars than I thought we would. Yeah, but hey, that's what happens. Yeah. And then uh, I think the last bit of training camp news is that A.J. Green is already hurt. Oh, yeah. Have they said how serious it is? They said he's going to be out six to eight weeks, so that does put him into the regular season. Yeah, so probably miss first few games. Two to four games, probably. It's a team that didn't need it. Andy Dalton doesn't need it. Um, I do think if we're going to talk fantasy, that makes uh, Tyler, Tyler Boyd. That's his name. I haven't done all of the research yet. Yeah. He just got a contract extension, and he had a really good year in where, where Green missed a lot of time last year. And, you know, I think he's going to rise up the draft boards a, a bit in the wide receiver charts there. Uh, it's sad. A.J. Green has been one of my favorite players to watch. I think he's just kind of been stuck on a a middling team. Even though the Bengals, you know, make the playoffs somewhat frequently, and Andy Dalton's not the worst guy. Yeah. He hasn't – he's played with him his whole career. He hasn't had that, like – year with you know a great player or something maybe, maybe if the Bengals are bad maybe he's a trade target maybe would the patriots trade like two future second rounders for aj green yeah, i would think that's something they would be interested in or another team like that yeah no definitely you could uh we'll definitely see i, I was just saying that too because i saw that it's like this is going to be aj green's like ninth or tenth season or something wow and that when i heard that i was like oh shit yeah, i think i think they were him in because him in um Julio Jones were the same year, and they're both like just great prospects from the like SEC. 10 or yeah, something, right? Been... 2009 almost. So it's crazy to think that it's been that long that AJ Green's already been in the league. And it's like, you do, I remember those early years. I remember my dad and I, because I've been doing the fantasy with him for a while, we got him his like first two seasons. And I remember the first season we had him was one of his really good seasons when he first like started breaking out. And it was just like, holy shit, dude, this guy's good. He's always, he puts those monster games sometimes where he'll give you like 200 yards and three touchdowns or something but like again though that was when Cincinnati was you know arguably the best team in that division there was a time where Cincinnati was dangerous team but uh the last couple seasons have not been the case for them and this year if especially with losing AJ Green there's a chance they're looking at the seller this year yeah I would expect they're the uh favorite for the last place yeah and I but I mean Baltimore, I still don't think it's going to be very well, good. Well, Mark Jackson said you're all you're all going to be sorry for doubting him. Oh boy, well we'll so, see. You should be scared. Yeah, 
We will see. Well, there'll be more in the NFL in the weeks to come. We're going to have to do our over-unders and our yeah. fantasy. So Yeah, we'll do definitely. The over-unders is always fun. And then we'll definitely do uh, fantasy on uh, one of those fantasy talk. And we might just have to have one of those weeks where sports is just dedicated strictly to Absolutely, fantasy. Uh, basketball basketball's over. Yeah. And baseball, which I think we're about to get into here soon, is uh, – We'll see. I mean, after the trade deadline, baseball is going to kind of coast into the playoffs unless something crazy happens, you know, crazy injuries or someone has a crazy yeah. game. We have three more divisions to cover, including the one we're doing tonight. So yeah, we're almost done with our little baseball midseason review. Uh, but before we do that last uh, this division we're doing tonight, um, did you happen to see Trevor Bauer's performance yesterday? So I did, and uh, I actually didn't see how he pitched. I just saw the... It's almost as good as the uh, event that we'll be referring to. What led up to it was just a lot of, like, I can understand why he's frustrated. Just a lot of, like, balls that fell in. One that, like, barely got back to him, to the pitcher. And it just, like, it was, you know, went from, I think they were up 6-3 to or something down to 7-6 to or something. And it was just a bunch of softly hit garbage that somehow found the holes that it's like you could see why yeah the guy would melt down so this is not a it's not a good look though unfortunately when he just but anyway what bauer did was uh francona came out and bauer saw he was getting pulled or i don't know if it was a combination of him getting pulled or just obviously i think it was more of the frustration of how things were going and i don't think it had much to do with the fact he was getting pulled i think it had to have, it must have been with how uh things were going in that game and, and i mean i I know he cares about winning. He's a passionate guy. I think he cares about his numbers. He's an upcoming free agent. Yeah. To give up seven earned runs like that. And he's not having the year he's had the last couple of years where he's had some very good years. Like he's walking more batters. He's ERA is higher than it has been. But uh, anyway, if you guys haven't seen the video, you should look it up. I'm sure if you just typed in Trevor Bauer, it's what would be trending for him right now. And uh, as the manager came out to get him, Trevor Bauer had the baseball in his hand, turned around, and just launched it over the center field wall. And the funny thing is, if you look at that photo, whoever's playing center field for the Indians at the time wasn't even looking. Yeah. <laughs> like, he had his back face, so it's just kind of funny to think if he even saw that ball land out of nowhere, saw something, like, kind of hit land in front of him from, you know, being thrown from behind him, and if he just kind of was like, what the hell? But it was... um. Pretty intense, but uh, the thing about that, though, is Trevor Bauer is one of the top names, if not the top name, on the trade deadline list, and there's been the rumors about him getting traded. Indians have been trying to shop him around, so you almost wonder if that outburst right there is, is that going to be something that now the Indians after that are just kind of like, you know what, we just have to part ways with this guy, or is that also going to hurt his stock? Our team's going to see that and be like, okay, you know, I'm not too sure how I feel about somebody that's going to act like that after he gives up, I mean, some runs that. But then there's also going to be teams out there that are like, hey, I don't give a shit. We can have him come here. We'll talk to him about that. Say like, hey, we don't want any of that here, but we want those strikeouts. Because I think Trevor Bauer is one of those things that if he were to go to a new team this year, I think he would be a brand new pitcher. He's a good pitcher. And it just seems to me like with that frustration he had built up that maybe it's just time for him to get out of Cleveland. I mean, that's just... My opinion on that. I think if he were to go to a, another team like a contender, I think uh, he would do well. I think he'd be happy on a, another team. 
as long as, you know, if you were to go to the Yankees or the Dodgers or Boston or whoever's willing to get him, the Cubs maybe even. I, I don't know if he's going to be happy anywhere. He he said before the season this is his last season with the Indians. He also said he's only going to sign one-year contracts from here on out, that he just views himself kind of like, I guess, as a mercenary. He's going to pitch where he wants to pitch every year. He doesn't want to commit to anyone. Um, he's had some very weird stories come out about oh, yeah. him. He had the drone thing. Yeah, in the I was just talking about that today, actually, when I heard that story about how he's the one that cut his finger on his drone a couple years ago when the team was in the playoffs. They depended on him. He was one of their top pitchers, and he wasn't able to pitch a game or two, right, because he... He, I think he came out and pitched a game and then started bleeding all over the place. Like, <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. No. But, uh, so, yeah, there's already some you – know, you kind of already know what you're getting into with him. But And I think if, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's just kind of a weird guy because he has that whole thing, too, where he went to UCLA and so did Garrett Cole. And if I'm not mistaken, they don't like each other at all. And I know no. from people that are around the local area, Orange County, that have no Garrett Cole personally from going to a local high school around here that they all – a lot of people – I've never really heard too many people have anything nice to say about him – saying he's kind of a asshole and stuff like that. So it's just kind of funny. Like you get a guy like him and then you get kind of a guy like Trevor Bauer just seems like kind of high strung, like short tempered and stuff like that. And then you come across a prick guy like Cole. I can only imagine that they, those kind of personalities would clash. So yeah. Although, kind of a, although Bauer was very um, like broken up about Tyler Skaggs that they played oh, together yeah. the minors. He was, you know, one of the guys. So I think there's, there's probably a lot on, Bauer's shoulders. I mean, again, we talk about we don't not everybody knows everyone's story. Nobody knows what goes on when people are alone and what goes through their head and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he I mean, if it was a close friend of his, which I believe he was, you know, you could just be still shook up about that. And then things aren't falling your way. You're not having the season you want. And that could have just been one of the minor meltdowns he had where he just felt it in and that he just needed to let some emotion out and just huck that ball. Across yeah. the field. Very Kenny Powers thing to do, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's very much like a, a movie. It was like you out of a movie, it was. Right? Like you'd see uh, Jackie Moon doing that yeah. or something. Yeah, but sometimes... the crowd off after that. Sometimes you need, I think, a little emotion like that. You know, yeah. you need to like a little... Baseball, I think, sometimes needs a little yeah. hype in it. Livens it, it up. It doesn't seem like it has yeah. it as much anymore. But I saw... Actually, really quickly, speaking about just being... Going crazy and stuff. I did see one little thing that was pretty funny about that. Matt Barnes posted... That, no, I uh, saw that. He got uh, his his two little twin sons, or they're in like AAU or whatever they are. I think they're like pretty good for their age. And uh, I guess Matt Barnes is one of their coach is their coach. I don't know if he's their head coach or one of their assistants, but he's a coach nonetheless. And he got uh, ejected from one of their games. Yeah. And it was funny because his post said something like, "Well, I'm still getting ejected from games," but he's like, "But at least these technicals don't cost me twenty five hundred each." Yeah. You can see him like in the hallway. Yeah, he's at like the door, like looking in the stadium still. He's like <laughs> Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I was thinking, let's make it official then. Let's make it official. Chucks the chair. <laughs> but uh, the interesting part about the whole Trevor Bauer, Bauer saga is that the Indians find themselves only two games out of first place. Yeah. But and, uh, as of though, like I saw that post just a few moments ago, as of nine hours ago. So as of this morning, Cleveland was still, they said Cleveland was still shopping around for him. So they're still looking for some. I think if they don't trade him, they'll be content with him and hope that he gets it together. But it is pretty impressive to think that Cleveland's only two games out with kind of the season they've had. I mean, Corey Kluber's been injured. Their other good pitcher, Carlos Carrasco, got diagnosed with leukemia. And then you have Trevor Bauer having his situation. But they've had young guys step up. I mean, Shane Bieber won the uh, All-Star Game MVP. Yeah. You have that uh, 
Clevenger's still been pitching, right? Yeah, and then and then that play uh, Playzak or whatever. I mean, yeah, their rotation even without those guys has been really good. Yeah, and I think their bullpen's been like top five pretty much all season. Yeah, with be hand. Yeah. <laughs> be hands are important. It's funny because it's really Brad, Brad Hand. <laughs> But, uh, uh, but they also, that lineup is just unfortunate because Jose Ramirez, I think he's starting to, I thought I saw something that he's starting to hit a little better, but he's just been having an awful year. Thankfully for them, Carlos Santana had has had an all-star year. Lindor is, you know, still a good hitter, but. Yeah, Lindor's really turned it on. They've um, just had as of late. no real help outside of that. Um, it was. Yeah, if, you're, if you recall, Lindor was my MVP pick. Oh. Start the season, he uh, ended up getting hurt right away. Yeah, I think but he's been he's been good since. And the fact that the Angels probably will not make the playoffs, and probably another year, Mike Trout doesn't get the MVP. Indians come back, maybe maybe it's possible. But I don't yeah. know. Mike Mike Trout's just so much better. Yeah, than it's Mike, Mike Trout's. Yeah, he's, it's just honestly incredible. But also, I was saying, uh, someone told me the other day that they think uh, like possibly Xander Bogarts is. Yeah, no, he's, he's been great. He's had he's having a good season, also. Yeah. But so I also know they come back. They're starting. I was gonna say they're starting to heat up too. Mookie Betts has been hitting home runs again. They had that crazy thing this year where, or this year, this last week for the first time, they had four straight days where a player hit three home runs in baseball. Had never been yeah. done before. I think it was uh, a was it Nelson Cruz, DeYoung, Mookie Betts, and one other person. I don't remember. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, important. But what's convenient here is that the division we were going to be covering today is the AL Central. Yes. Which has the second place Indians, which we just covered in first place. Minnesota Twins at 64 and 41. They've had uh, quite the interesting season. Yeah, and I think uh, when we did our predictions early on, I did predict the Twins to win that division. I liked uh, their lineup a lot this year and uh, obviously standing by it. Yeah. I still think they can do it. I think the thing that's helped them, though, is... The surprise from some of their pitchers. Jake Odorizzi's had a good year. That Martin Perez, they said he added a cutter to his repertoire of pitches, and that's made him more effective. And uh, Jose Barrios, Jose has been Barrios, a is really good ace for them. He was my Cy Young pick. Yeah, so, Jose Barrios uh, has always been a again. I don't know if he'll win, but he's we, a good contender. Pitcher we've always um, had a uh, high thoughts for. Michael Pineda has actually been pretty solid for him. Yeah, that's the thing about this is this rotation is really a bunch of like veterans like older guys that have yeah like kyle gibson's been around for a while with them yeah and like was never all that great and he's having pretty good hitting has definitely led the way you have rosario you have kepler polanco so i have the stat here they already set their home run record i know it's a record for quickest to 200 team home runs they have 10 guys with double digit home runs and uh byron buxton's has has nine Uh he'll get there any any day now Mm mm-hmm so they're, they're third in baseball and run scored. It just it's I don't think we expected this from them. They they had some. Oh yeah, I knew they had potential, but I I'll be lying if I said I thought their offense would be this this crazy. So it, it's been a fun year for Twins fans, you know, getting to oh, see yeah. all these all these bombs. But uh, yeah, outside of those two teams, it's really a poor division. So the White Sox are in third place at forty six and fifty seven. Offensively, uh, they've got a lot of a Yoan Moncada. That's been a good to see him actually finally break out. He was, you know, this great prospect out of Cuba, uh, the centerpiece of the Chris Sale trade. Yeah, and it took him a couple of years, and now he's he's a star. He's great. 
Uh, Tim Anderson has had a fun season. Yeah, he has had a fun season. Started, started fights. off very, very good and then had the epic bat flip. I don't even think it was. It wasn't even a flip. It was a bat throw. <laughs> and uh, that led uh, a dugout brawl a couple innings later. And, uh, yeah, that, that White Sox team, it's interesting because they have, like, it's – they have potential with their hitting. They have good hitters. And then it's like that bullpen's not horrible. And then – but some of their starters have their moments. Like, they have the one, Giolito, who's had a great season. He was an all-star. Yeah, so what I have for their pitching – so Giolito's been really good. And then Ronaldo Lopez has been pretty solid for him. And that's – the two pieces they got for when they traded Adam Eaton to the Nationals. Okay, so that's ended so up being it ended good. up being a really good trade for the White Sox years later now because Adam Eaton has not, you know, been a star with the Nationals by any means. Yeah, and these two young pitchers are finally starting to perform. Giolito is one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year, and now he's an All Star this year. So that's some positive sign for them. But they're still I don't know what they're looking at if they have guys to trade. Jose Abreu is always kind of a, a target. He's just not he's not hitting like yeah. he, he did in like that crazy rookie year. Um, yeah, poor White Sox. It seems like it's been a decade in obscurity for them. And then fourth place we have the Royals. Uh, not a lot good for them either. Whit Merrifield is a a fun player, little middle infielder guy. Fun to root for. They also have yeah, he had. He's pretty he, – Whit Merrifield is a quietly good hitter. That Royals team for a while, they were actually – like, they were hitting well. They were, like – I don't want to say, like, winning games, but, I mean, they were, like, doing pretty decent, like, the first couple months of the season. Like, not, like, playoff-type stuff, but definitely, you know, better than expectations early on. They, a lot of those young guys were coming up and doing pretty well, but their pitching, especially their bullpen, was just has just been horrendous this year. That's where they were getting hurt a lot was there pitching and whatnot but yeah i also have as, as a fun story for them alex gordon is having a okay season for them and it's just yeah. it's a long time player for them yeah i watched uh i was actually came across on youtube the other day i was bored i was like i had these recommended videos so i came across like loudest stadium reactions for home runs over the past like few years and one of them was uh and it's fun watching them because it a lot of them obviously are like in the playoffs because that's obviously when stadiums are really packed and the energy's high and one of them was a World Series against the Mets. I think it was game one when they were down. It was either the Mets or Giants. I think it was the Mets, though. When they were down 4-3, to three, game one at home, bottom of the ninth, and Alex Gordon came up and hit a game-tying home run to center. And it's crazy because he really was a great hitter. Yeah, it's nice to see guys stick around with, like, one team for a long, a yeah. long time. And they still so. would have Salvador Perez, too, but he yeah, he's missed a had season. that injury yeah. in training camp or whatever it was. Yeah. So on the pitching side, I have, I think, one of the craziest starts stats of this year is that homer bailey made 18 starts to the royals and he's also no longer a royal he got traded to oakland mm. that was news to me that this guy was even able Still, to play yeah. <laughs> the, the dodgers actually ended up trading for him as part of the reds deal with yasiel puig and they just immediately cut him even though they had yeah. to pay him like 20 million dollars or something yeah homer bailey so, he's thrown a no hitter before no was, he's had good years but he's been like gone for Oh yeah, no. I'm I'm just saying years. he was one of those pitchers that had moments of some good stuff, but then just overall in his career, he just was not very good. Yeah, just, and then another name for the past 
Ian Kennedy has actually been a pretty good relief pitcher for them. Oh wow! Okay, there you it's go. Like, yeah. You just see these guys. I mean, that's that's great for him to be like, okay, I used to be a good starter once upon a time. Yeah, for the Diamondbacks. Now I'm just so. I'm gonna you know come out of the bullpen, and he's probably got to be mid 30s. So I don't. That's it's also another seemingly hopeless team, but I think their fans are gonna be fine because they had this great farm system. They converted to two World Series appearances, including a, a win. And it's like, okay, well, I think they're fine if they're gonna have to rebuild. Yeah. Um, then in last place, the Tigers, thirty and oh, seventy-one, yeah. just, just miserable. I have for for their offense, worthless. How there's how uh, how long can Cabrera even stay there? Like, what's even what's even his plan here? I don't know. I think he still has like three years left. On but that I mean, deal. you can't want to be on that team forever. I mean, that team's rebuilding. Cabrera's not nearly the guy he used to be. He, he can't. Is that really where he's going to end his career? I think his career might end this year. Like he's he's can't <laughs> that's hit. true because it's crazy to think like you think back to Miguel Cabrera and he was on that Marlins team in like two thousand three I think it was that yeah. won the World Series and it's crazy to think like that's fucking sixteen years ago yeah I mean, there's no like one his big left. time is definitely gone like he was never gonna have another like or at least should never have another like three hundred season with you know thirty home runs or anything like that those are definitely should be days of the past for him. I remember even this year, like it was a while before someone on Detroit even hit ten home runs. Like that team just yeah, no, their leader is thirteen home runs so far. Yeah, it's really bad. And I, I expected more from Castellanos, and maybe it's because did he, you hear him complain? Uh, uh-uh. he got really upset when someone asked him about his lack of home runs, and he's like, "Do you see what center field is like here? You can't expect me to hit any any home runs. It's ridiculous." He's like, "I hit balls four hundred fifteen feet in their outs," and like he was really pissed, and he's. Probably on his way out. He's a good trade. He should be. I'd target. like to see that guy on a good team because he really is a Greek. good hitter, and he's one of those. Well, he's also a really good hitter, and he's one of those guys that I feel like a lot of people don't know of because he's on a bad team and because you know he's not performing nearly like what he should be. Yeah. He but came I, up like right when the Tigers started to. I think he did go to the World Series one year though with them, but that's when they just started to fall apart. Wow. But I think if he was on a team, like honestly, like Boston or something, or whoever that he could actually play for all the time, he would be, it'd be fun to see him play. And I think he would do uh, really well. It'd be fun to see him see what he can do. If he was on a, in a lineup that had performers all around it, he had protection around him and then, yeah, maybe get him to a stadium. That's not so big. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, not the, the biggest problem. Yeah, no. You can hit it to left field. You can hit it to right field. You don't always have to. Center field is going to be deep in every ballpark. But obviously, yeah, Detroit yeah. is a little deeper. I want to say Detroit is like, what, 420 to center? 415, 420? Yeah, I'm not sure. Right. And then right center's got, like, the wall. And that's even, yeah, it's a bummer. On the uh, the pitching side for the Tigers, Matthew Boyd. Yeah, he's had a really been, good year. He's been really Made the good. all-star team. Deservingly um, so. And then on the other side of that, not having a good season is Jordan Zimmerman. He's 0 and 8 with a 7.57 ERA. <laughs> and this guy used to be a good pitcher and I I yeah, was he's thrown a no-hitter also in his day. I was thinking about it and I went and checked. So the Tigers had Max Scherzer. And he left the free agency to the Nationals and has been I think I said he's finished no worse than second like every year he's been with the Nationals and Cy Young. Just is on an incredible run. He's having another good year. The ERA started up a little high, but he's just like mowing people down. And he just got put on the injured list, but he'll be back. And I yeah. think he's, he's the favorite for the NL Cy Young now that like Ryu's ERA kind of went up a bit. You think so, though? I think so. 
Because that strikeout to walk the, ratio from Ryu is still pretty yeah, but incredible. The, just raw strikeouts from from Scherzer, just like crazy. Yeah, that's, that's true. And he's thirty five and doing that. It's crazy. But uh, so Zimmerman was on the Nationals. They actually played one year together. They overlapped for one year. Then he signed a free agent deal to the Tigers. So it's like almost like a trade. And Zimmerman used to be good. Once he went to the Tigers, just yeah, spent shit. And it's just kind of funny. Like wow. The fortunes of those two. Yeah, and I've always pitchers. said this too with like sports, especially baseball. You see it more than other sports, sometimes basketball, where guys will get traded and it's like people have to, re- like, you know, some guys might just not be comfortable in that area. I mean, yeah, they're not saying that's the only reason their performance goes down, but I think it definitely influences that you go to a completely different city. You know, maybe you never adjust, you never get comfortable in that city. You know, new fans, maybe there's high expectations and you just never meet them and, just kind of gets in your head. Like the one I always think of is Carl Crawford when he got traded from Tampa Bay to Boston and signed that monster contract and just never lived up to it. Part of that was his, just his skill set kind of deteriorating. Cause yeah, I mean, he ended up on the Dodgers, you know, not even like two years later. And while he had some decent moments, he was just not the same yeah. player anymore. I don't know what it was. It just, but I'm just saying, like I said, it's not like, I don't think it's like a major influence, but I'm just saying some players never do get used to being in a different spot. Maybe they're farther from home or maybe they, you know, their families and stuff. Or, or if, if you're a pitcher that lives off of like energy, if you're, you go to a team that's struggling and out of the playoff race by August every year, it's just hard to pitch. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing is everyone's different. I mean, some, there's so many players in all these leagues and there's so many different personalities and you do have some people that could care less being on bad teams and they just like to party or have their money and whatnot. But then there really are guys out there that, Sure, they might like some of that stuff. Maybe some of them don't, but more got you know nine out of ten of these guys really do care about winning. And when you are on a team that's not very good, and maybe it seems like people aren't caring, and then there's frustration. It's hard to go out there with the motivation to perform because I've always said like with uh, one thing I've noticed a lot in baseball is when a closer will come in, like for the home team, closer will come in in the top of the ninth when the game's tied, like three three or something, and a lot of times you'll see that closer not be very dominant and sometimes give up a run or two. And I've always said, I think it's because when closers come in, they have the mindset like, Hey, I'm shutting the door. I'm closing this game. And they feed off that energy. And a lot of times when they come in, when it's not a, for a save, it's just kind of like, keep the game going. It's just kind of sometimes that energy. I feel like it's not. And then maybe the same. That itself is also in their head is that they know the TV announcers are going to be start talking about like, Oh, should you bring the closer in? Yeah. It's like I don't know. You never, you never know what these yeah, guys are thinking. Yeah, yeah you never knew. Yeah. That's why I used to always laugh when I was a kid. You know, you'd watch like a pitcher come to the mound, and like the announcers be like, or something, and then announcers be like, "Well, what he just told him right there was, just keep your head up, like yada yada. Just keep throwing strikes. We'll be okay." And like you think back to it, it's like. He doesn't really have a fucking clue what he just said to him. What if he would have been like, "Sort of fucking god, you better throw a strike here, or else it's a really you're mean done. catcher." <laughs> You're done. But, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it for that division. It's kind of a yeah. sad to talk about. It is a sad division. Thankfully, it's at least a decent race at top. And by decent race, I mean it's a good one with the two teams at the top. But if the Indians were playing uh, how they could have been playing this year and also be like 12 games out, that division would be absolute horseshit. But thankfully, it is a little bit of a race at the top. So we'll at least get to see how that unfolds. Yeah. So next week we'll uh, be doing the NL West, which Ooh, is Andy's n- not a very close division race at all. No, because there's a little spoiler right there. Yeah, but uh, there's still some stuff to talk about. Yeah, with, I mean teams uh, are getting hot in there. There's a couple teams in there that have wild card potential in them. I yeah. think right. The 
Yeah, and I think uh, that will be something we'll be talking about in like two minutes, three minutes, because the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, wrap the show, wrap the baseball segment, is the MLB trade deadline, mm. which is two days from now. It's been very slow. Been very slow. I think there's only been three deals I would consider major at all, three starters. Uh, the big one, Marcus Stroman to the Mets, which, which seems is very yeah, strange. Yeah, and it went to a team that's not even going to make the playoffs, most likely. Yeah, because the Mets are entertaining offers for some of their other players. I don't know what they're doing. They traded real prospects. Marcus Stroman has had a better year this year, but had a very bad year last but year. He's Stroman's still... not even going to not gonna help the Mets. What are the Mets, like 11 games out of first? Yeah, they're, out of the wild they're card. pretty far, I think. I think they really have been struggling as of late. Uh, so I don't get it, but Stroman seemed to be one of the best guys on the market. That, but there's not a better deal that if Blue Jays held on to him, they couldn't have uh, traded him to you know a team looking. You don't know Oakland. Yeah, or so the Mets are six games out of the wild card. So there's three teams tied right now in first for the National League with the Cubs, St. Louis, Washington. But that's because the Cubs, St. Louis, one of them's leading the division. It's just because yeah. they're tied. I'm honestly impressed by Washington. I did not see Washington being able to stay up there. And then you've got the Giants only two and a half back. They've made the run. Yeah. Been pretty we'll talk about the Giants next week. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Don't worry. So, yeah, I, that moves a mystery to me why they got Stroman. Um, Jordan Lyles is going to the Brewers. He's, I guess, just a guy who can pitch innings. They have a couple starters in the DL right now. They just need someone to throw for him. He's, I think his ERA is like high fours or something. He's not not a very good pitcher. But they they need someone to start games for him. They're they're still in the race, and then Jason Vargas is going to the Phillies. So the Mets just traded for a starting pitcher, and now traded out a starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean obviously Stroman's a huge upgrade over Vargas. Vargas is a uh, weird. I don't know why the Phillies were really interested. I guess again a guy who could just he's there. He's a veteran. Hell, he knows how. He's been there before, and that he's pitched a lot of games in his career. <laughs> And the Phillies don't have a great rotation by any means. Yeah, but it's not like it's not a difference maker. So. Yeah, it's been it's just been a kind of upsetting because I've always said how I think in baseball the one sport more than others that the your season can be won at the deadline. You know, and Houston went out a couple years ago and they got Verlander, like that ended up being very helpful. I remember years back, uh, forget who it was. I want to say it was maybe the Giants when they got Hunter Pence. I think they won it one year with Hunter Pence, right? Or was that the Rangers I don't remember. I know that was like a deadline deal, but I don't Somebody remember. got Hunter Pence. I remember back when he was really good, and I was... It was it was the Giants. And it was but. it was like big for them, because that's right, because he was on the Giants, then he left, then he came back. I don't think so. No, you're right. But he was on the Giants, then he left. Yeah, they went to Houston to the Giants and been there for a long time. Had been there for a long time. Yeah, and now he's on Texas, where he's, his season, his career is reamped. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I'm saying like it's those little moves where you get a certain hitter, you get a certain pitcher... A relief pitcher, and it it really can help a lot. And uh, this year, we just haven't seen it. You know, we still have a couple days left, so hopefully, there's something big. But it just seems like this year, maybe teams are just going to be content with where they're at. Yeah, here's some of the like the big names that might be traded. So Mets, the Mets category, Noah Syndergaard. Oh, that'd be nice. That's uh, interesting. That he's so talented, but he hasn't hasn't been dominant at all. And. I don't know if Mets are willing to move on if they get a good deal. Uh, Edwin Diaz, their closer, yeah, who's you know had an amazing season last year with the Mariners and has been disappointing. He's uh, rumored to go to the Red Sox, who you know they lost their closer. Yeah, they need some bullpen help. 
And then also Zach Wheeler might be traded. So that's two more starters from the Mets. So maybe they just got Stroman because they knew they were going to trade all their other starters away. I I don't get it. Um, Kirby Yates on the Padres. Yeah. Padres, you know, are hanging around. They're technically in it, but they're... It'll be interesting to see what they want to do because everyone knew the Padres weren't going to... Like, that's a good young team, but they knew it's like they're a couple years away. Like, they've got good young pitching. They've got great young prospects. Fernando Tatis Jr. has been great out there this year. Chris Paddock's been good. They have good young hitters, and then, you know, you have a couple of those veteranish players like Hosmer, and then you've got Machado, and they have the power out there with guys like Renfro and uh, what's his face, Reyes and stuff. But that team wasn't expected to really do that great this year. In my opinion, I think it was more like watch out for this team in like two, three years type thing. Like they have potential to be dangerous. So it's kind of like up to you, up to them. If they feel like they can get some good value for Kirby H, which they probably can, it could be one of those sell high type things. Like he's doing very well this year. Maybe this is the time you let him go to a team that's going to be a contender and then you get some young prospects for it and go from there. Yeah, I I know Kirby Yates is not this kind of player. Yeah. But the uh, the template for this is the uh, the Cubs traded Gleyber Torres to get Aroldis Chapman. Yeah. And the Yankees look pretty good with that. Yeah. Aroldis Chapman played a half season and then just resigned back with the Yankees. <laughs> uh, so they're not going to get a prospect like went, that they, for Kirby. When they brought Chapman in, they're like, "This is what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to go to the Cubs. We need Torres. I need you to win that World Series for them. You come back here with a ring." motivated to win us another one he was yeah just and like, the cubs aren't i got it aren't really too sad about missing him now yeah. that they won but but yeah, that's, he did that's what the, he uh, did to do he yeah. went in there he did his job but that's the idea there is you know try to get some prospect while yeah this guy's really not going to help you this year so. yeah and i mean i agree with what you just said kirby yates it's this isn't yeah he's having a good year but this isn't who kirby yates is he's no trevor hoffman mariano rivera it's like he's gonna come back to earth i imagine at some point yeah that's the other part is these relievers sell high all the time yeah that's, you should always yeah unless you're you're, you're going into the playoffs like yeah, don't, sure. don't count on a, the Padres were a couple yeah. games out it'd be a different story but they're like seven out of the wild card they're way out of the division and it's like yeah just I would I would trade them if I was them yeah another potential closer on the market uh Rysel Iglesias of the Reds Ooh. so he's yeah close games for him the Reds were the team that I thought would be pretty big sellers and stuff because of the fact that uh they have uh because they're bad because they're bad and their bullpen's actually surprisingly good like that's what's been so screwy about this year is bad teams are having good bullpens like you've seen yeah. the reds have been honestly i think as high as like the number two bullpen this year at one point like they've and that wasn't like early in the year either that was like within the last month i mean they've been a good bullpen all season long so it's just kind of crazy that you know you can have a good bullpen and then just not be a good team yeah and then some hitting targets uh castellanos who we just talked about yeah i i think he'll be traded i would like that and then trey mancini on the orioles i, I would like that it's a good first too. base dh type you know kind of like um steve pierce last year he could be that kind of player i think for a team you know bench bat starts a couple games maybe hits a three-run home run against the dodgers and makes me want to kill myself <laughs> wow i don't know why i just jinxed it it's gonna happen now Jeez that i said Louise, it Andy. he's gonna go to like the Indians and hit a huge home run in the World Series and off to cry. Right. <laughs> well, Andy, but we'll live stream that for you on Instagram. But yeah, the the question like we've been you know asking ourselves is why why does this trade deadline seem so slow? Why doesn't it seem like there's big guys moving? And I think what's happened is that the the best teams in the division have these big leads, 
so that the like middle teams are all so bunched up that the the second wild card is in reach of so many teams the teams are afraid to you know sell like yeah. like you know a month ago we were thinking like is boston gonna try to sell they were having a bad season boston's definitely in it yeah they're only a game out i was just looking so there's a lot of teams like that the angels i don't know what talent they have to to move but you know they're only four games or something back of the second wild card there's just so many teams that are alive still that teams aren't willing to sell yet so and we're already we're two days away so if they're not willing now are they gonna be willing tomorrow probably not yeah or the like the giants the giants seemed like a team that was gonna Try to oh, yeah. get rid of Bumgarner yeah, and Will we, Smith. But. Yeah, we were talking about all that. Now they're sitting there only two games out. Yeah. So yeah, and baseball the, is crazy. It's very streaky. It's a long, long season. The other two games. Yeah. The other thing, the other theory that one of the reasons it's so slow is they changed some of the rules regarding player compensation and stuff like that. And you know, like where you lose picks if you sign this player, and you gain picks if you lose a player. But if you trade for the player, you don't get anything. So, like, when the Dodgers traded for Machado, knowing that he was most likely not going to resign and that they most likely weren't going to try to resign them because they had Seager, that they just don't get anything for him hmm. and stuff like that. Do, play, do teams really want to get those half-season players anymore? Yeah, I mean, so far the answer this year has been no. Yeah. Interesting. I guess we'll just have to see what happens over the next couple of days. Yeah, we could all be wrong and, like, 45 deals get made. No, I know. I mean, you saw how quickly it happened in the NBA. It was just it was just flooding through in yeah. moments. So yeah, you're definitely that was for the free agency though, obviously. But still, same type of situation, just coming in could happen quick. Yeah, but uh, I think that's gonna is that gonna be it for our sports? I think we're done. Gonna yeah, pretty much wrap up our sports. You've been listening to episode 126 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me we had Tony Katz. Yes, we did. And the off-road Andy. Goodbye. Make sure you uh, check out our entertainment pod, and we'll see you later.